Welcome on in, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. It's Bet on Lacrosse, another live Twitter space edition. Whether you're listening live or on replay, we thank you. Make sure you hit us with a follow at Bet on Lacrosse. You can also follow us all individually. It's going to be a skeleton crew today, maybe joined by some special guests along the way. But let's be real, guys, a lot of people traveling for holiday weekend. Dude, I was flying. Uh, horrible. Flight out gets canceled on Wednesday. Uh, earliest I could fly out was Friday. That was a week ago. Then flying back at a three hour delay. Then there was somebody on the plane who like just ran off of the plane as we were sitting, trying to leave Florida. And then there was also this other chick who like puked in the back of the plane. So it was in layman's terms, a goddamn mess. So if you're traveling, I hope you're doing it safely. A lot of people traveling for the holiday weekend. Hopefully you're enjoying heading on in a little thirsty Thursday edition. I'm Dan Alexander. I got Hunton Jackson and Parker Blake PB with us with Pro Lacrosse Talk host uh with uh with you know what he's doing with um with the fantasy side of things. He's become his own host there with Pro Lacrosse Talk and of course Hutton Jackson is the host of Pro Lacrosse Talk. He also does production work for Action Network. So we got the boys with us and the skeleton crew to break down PLL futures. We're going to talk some MVP before we get into this week's slate and how we can maybe cash some coin. We've been seeing the board real well recently, so hopefully that continues. I was talking to Hutton. I said, the regression will be real, but I'm enjoying the ride while I can. A little seven and one run, and it's those goddamn player props that keep getting me. Hutton, how are you doing, brother? Obviously, in the betting side of things and heading into the holiday weekend. Hope you're doing well, man. What's up? I'm doing well. Yeah, not a great week for me last week, you know, but it was due from some negative regression after starting out pretty hot. Um, but, yeah, pretty much, you know, only cashed the Atlas money line bet um, last week. Uh, the, the Redwoods, uh, they, they took away my uh, whip snakes minus one and a half. I thought that one was going to get home and – Zed Williams, for some reason, decided not to shoot on an empty net. You know, probably the smart decision for him as a player, but not for me as a better. Um, so I'm missing on that and a few player props as well. Like you said, the player props are tough. Um, there are a few that I like this week, but it, it's tough to, to stomach some of the juice you have to lay for these. Um, I think, you know, the best way to, I think, play a lot of them is find those unders at plus money because no one likes playing those unders, but then it's not a very enjoyable viewing experience. So I do, I do have one under player prop today that we'll talk about, but for the most part, it's just, it's tough to justify playing some of these unders and player props. And as you said, and we'll talk about it a little bit, the points make it a little tougher. Like last year when we had goals and assists, a little bit easier knowing, you know, player strength this year, it's, it's a little tough when you're actually doing points because they tend to be a little bit higher, obviously amounts, but uh, yeah, happy to be back and reunite with you, Dan, uh, after, you know, two week absence for us. Yes, reunited, and it feels so good indeed. And yes, the, the Redwoods getting home. I know my man Parker Blake was excited about that. The contrarian play stays strong. And no, Hutton, the contrarian play isn't just fading one of your bets. The way that I formulate that is I look by line moves throughout the week. I take a screenshot of when it opens, see how it goes, and then also just public sentiment. You know, obviously you guys as well, but – um, you know, other people who are putting picks out there. I kind of try and see if there's anyone who no one is taking. And I don't really see one this week. There's, a, I feel like there's a lot of split opinions across the board this week. So it might be a little bit tougher to find.
find a contrarian play, but it stays undefeated with the Redwoods plus one and a half getting home. And I know our resident Redwoods fan was excited about that. Parker, how are you doing, my man? Uh, no, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it's nice to see the Redwoods actually know how to play lacrosse still. That was starting to get a little worrisome. Um, I finally hit like a positive week with my like posted bets that I post on Twitter. So that felt good. Um, and I do feel like it is a fade hut in most time of my pick. Somehow it works out like that, but, uh, I still love the guy. It is definitely not by design whatsoever. It's, it honestly feels like when all of us are in agreement, that's when we're, you know, screwed diddly poo when all of us are like, Oh my, this is a slam dunk. So, uh, as, uh, so many people before us and so many people after us have said, it's always fun when you fade the club public and get it home guys, let's get going with some actionable info here. PLL team futures. Uh, I have so many in my pocket that I'm just like telling myself I'm not betting anymore, but the way that I've been attacking it is anytime that I'm able to get anyone, uh, you know, eight to one or higher, or excuse me, nine to one or higher. I've been doing a little bit of sprinkle just because statistically in an eight team field, technically no one should ever be more than eight to one. You know, obviously this kind of is a good way to see what the market perception is around teams. When you have longer odds than there are teams in the league, usually that means that the public sentiment is not all that great around you right now, but you got Atlas at the favorite and the best uh, options. Hutton always does a great job at the beginning of the week. He puts out the longest odds that you can find because we tell you shop around, get the best price. It will make a difference. So best price you can get is on barstool or mgm for atlas plus 400 whips they're the odds on favorites at some spots they're plus 400 on mgm the best price there you got chrome 500 archers plus 550 water dogs at 800 redwoods 900 and then two teams at 10 to 1 that's the chaos and the cannons this is the spot that the chaos are used to you know out of the gate really stumbling there you have a tough test this week because two desperate teams it's going to be cannons and chaos i I'm trying not to place any more futures. I have one on Chrome. I have one on Cannons. I have Redwoods. I have uh, Water Dogs. And I think I have an Archers as well. So I have more than half the league in futures. If any of them get home, I'm cashing. My one that I hope is getting home is that uh, Chrome ticket that we have at a 20 to 1 if you hopped in with us early. Um, How are you attacking this futures market? Like, are you still placing them or are you hunting kind of waiting a little bit you know trying to use your handicap for a week on a team that you think might win or a team that you think might lose and then you know kind of hold and try and get the best price like are you still betting these futures and if you are how are you attacking it Uh, i I placed what i think will be my last one for now um today with the archers because i like them in this game against the redwoods and i think their odds will get um you know shorter if they do win this game. Um, but I'm with you. I actually have all the same ones you do, uh, with the exception of Redwoods. I have Atlas at plus 450. Got in on the Chrome, obviously, at plus 2,000. Um, Archers, I got at plus 550 today. And then I also sprinkled on the Water Dogs at plus 900. And those are all teams that I like. Um, I like the Whip Snakes as well. But, like, I just don't think the value's there anymore. Um, Atlas, I thought, you know, I still don't see the Atlas, even if they drop this game to the Chrome, they're getting that much longer. So I wanted to get in early. They're the one team that I actually you know, like to win it all um, along with the archers. And I like the Chrome too, but obviously I got value in at the Chrome and then water dogs was also a value play. I feel like I'm comfortable at four though, because seven teams make the playoffs. You know, once we get into the playoffs, I'll have some hedge opportunities with that. Um, You know, having, having stuff there. 
And uh, even if, you know, like, cannons or chaos get really long, I just haven't seen enough from them to make me, like, really think. Like, I feel like at this point I'm willing to wait till the playoffs roll around and let's say chaos or cannons upset a team in the first round. Well, then, you know, I'm probably getting them at much shorter odds, but, um, you know, then they're only two wins away from a championship. So that's where I'm kind of viewing, like, I feel like, you know, capping your – I do like playing a lot of futures, but capping it at four or five is probably where I would be at. Um, You know, I know you have five, I have four. Even three is probably a a good number to maybe stop at. Um, And just watching, you know, your unit size, like I have a little bit more on Atlas at shorter odds than I do, um, say, a Water Dogs, um, because then you can, you know, kind of buy back in a little bit too later. Let's say the Water Dogs do kind of turn around. Um, I could always put some more on there, but um, don't spread yourself too thin. I think on futures is my best piece of advice, even though I do have four teams right now. Yeah. And I know that you can't uh, bet some of these MVPs Parker, but I want to just swing into that because we've been seeing some heavy movement here in the MVP market. And a lot of it just based off of, as always in the MVP public sentiment, you know, it's Jeff T. He's been riding the odds on favorite all year long. Um, you know, Lyle Thompson keeps flipping around. Will Manny is a very valuable ticket. If you got him, uh, he was plus 2,500 to start once the uh, lines came out and he's just been rolling ever since then. So MVP, is it, you know, Jeff Teaton and everybody else, or is this picture getting increasingly uh, tighter of a race? Uh, you know, Trevor Baptiste sitting at plus 500. Uh, incredible what he's doing at the stripe right now. Uh, you know, Kyle Burnlore, we'll, we'll, we'll throw to Hutton in a little bit and get his thoughts on him, but major market moves that we've seen from Burnlore. So how would you attack this MVP future market? Because personally, I've been burnt so many times in betting NFL MVP or NBA MVP, cough, cough. Uh, Joel Embiid is the best player last year, was the most valuable player in the NBA, and they didn't give it to him. So I'm still sour about that. So I don't really bet MVPs just because it's such a subjective market. Uh, Do you attack it a different way? And if you were betting MVPs, you know, who's kind of emerging as maybe a, a favorite for you, PB? I mean, I think Trevor Baptiste is like my favorite player in the league right now, but that's honestly just because he's hammering the player royale numbers. I mean, he had one off week so far, but, I mean, everyone needs a week off. Um, I have a hard time because I just, I don't know, maybe I'm new to the lacrosse game, but I don't know what players are less likely to win an MVP opposed to others, and that's where I have a hard time. Because I'd love to play Baptiste and Nardella just because they're both having awesome years and I don't see them slowing down at all. But it's like I was talking to Hutton about earlier. I mean, just goalie-wise, I don't want to play Burnmore because I just don't feel like there's enough value there because I don't know how likely it is for a goalie to make it in. And that's where – but then I, I realized that I should probably play like a normal position. I shouldn't just like face-offs and goalies. So then it's like, do I play a Jeff T? Do I try and get like some value from the attack position? I just don't – I don't know. And I think it's just because I'm new to the game, but – my money, I definitely want to put some on Baptiste and Nardella just because I love how they look this year. It's ridiculous. Well, and Hutton, for you, we've been bit again by the uh, Hutton-Jackson tweet or even just the Hutton-Jackson sprinkle saying the market, holy shit, this guy must know something that we don't because plus, what was it, like like 150, so what, that would be 150... 1,500, 15,000. There's a lot of fucking zeros that were behind Kyle Burnlore's name, and there's increasingly fewer zeros, Hutton. What is that all about? Yeah, so uh, this wasn't even before I tweeted it out, um, but I saw that Kyle Burnlore was 
150 to one to win MVP. And in my mind, you look at the whip snakes, he's been their most valuable player through four games. Now, am I saying he's going to win MVP? No, but from a value standpoint, you know, I put down 0.2 unit on him and that's going to net 30 units if that hits. So um, to me, it was pure value immediately after I put that like very minuscule bet on it ended up moving to 1300 or 13,000. I mean, so it was 15,000 moved to 13,000 and now it's all the way down to 7,500. So it's been slashed in half in just a matter of three days. Um, so I feel like that was, you know, that was the max like longest odds that any player could have. And I feel like they, whoever set those just wasn't really paying attention. You know, Dylan Ward was there too. There's a bunch of goalies. Um, so I think once they saw any movement, I don't think I could have probably put a penny down and they probably would have moved that line. Just the fact that they saw somebody bet anything on it at all. So, um, but I, I think there's a lot of value there, even at the current price, if you do like the whip snakes um, now kind of to Parker's point, it is tough for faceoffs and goalies to win. Uh, we've only seen one faceoff guy win in the history of uh, both MLL and PLL. And that was Greg Berenlian. Um Now, when he did win that, he was facing off at uh, 73.2%. Well, where's Trevor Baptiste currently right now? He's facing off at 74%. So, you know, that is really why I think people are getting behind his MVP candidacy. Um, he was, I believe he was plus 2,000 at one point. I got to go back and look. Um, now all the way down to plus 500. Uh, I think the value is almost gone on him. Like if you got in at plus 2,000, that was a great bet. I didn't, unfortunately. The reason I think the value is kind of gone is now you're playing the game. Is it Jeff Teat or is it Trevor Baptiste? Um Jeff Teat hasn't had the best two past two weeks, but it's Jeff Teat. The guy's the only player to ever get drafted number one overall in the NLL and PLL, as well as uh, win Rookie of the Year in back in both leagues as well. So he's that good of a player. Um, so to me, it's like since I already have Jeff Teat futures, I don't necessarily want to bet on another uh, Atlas guy. But if I had to go back and do it again, I would probably go Baptiste over Jeff Teat right now. Um, I'm just not doing it because I already have Jeff Teat. I don't want to, you know, overexpose myself, like you said, with player uh, MVP futures. When it's such a subjective thing, it does tend to lean towards the offensive guys, and that's the one caution I will say. Joe Nardella had a phenomenal year in 2020, um, and he didn't even win it. You know, went to Zed Williams. Now that was a different scenario of the bubble. Um, so you know, take that for what it's worth. But Joe Nardella's faceoff percentage. That season, 72%. Still didn't win MVP. So that's kind of just just be cautious with it. Um, now, if Baptiste continues to roll and he looks like the reason why the Atlas continue to roll, yeah, definitely go for it. I don't think he's a bad bet at plus 500, but I would just feel a lot better if you had gotten in already than right now. And and like you said, with MVP futures, there's so much that can happen during a season. Players get injured. You know, that kind of kills their candidacy too. So that's the only caution. And same thing with burn lore. As much as I like burn lore, you know, as the MVP for the whip snakes overall, I don't think he's, you know, that far in the running to win MVP for the league. I just think there's a lot of value there currently. If you're looking at team by team, and that's where I kind of like to play MVP futures is look for a team that there is a clear cut that he's the guy. That's the reason that they're at archers is very hard. Could give it to Will Manny could give it to Tom Schreiber. You know, you could see another player emerge too. I actually have, both on them. So I'm kind of not taking my own advice, but I got in at a pretty good number on both of them. I think it was plus 1500 for uh, Manny and plus 2000 for Schreiber. But um, overall, like you got to pick a guy that 
is the number one guy on the team. Otherwise, it kind of gets dicey. Wardogs is tough. Chaos is tough. Um, even with, you know, Blaze, he's just not having the MVP season we saw last year. We have seen a goalie, you know, win it, obviously, with Blaze. But long story short, MVP futures are tough. <laughs> yeah, no, real quick. Uh, I mean, the, my whole issue with the Atlas attack, man, is just, I mean, I talked about it last week on the Fantasy Pod, but I just have, they share the ball too well to have one standout guy in their front group. And that's why I can't really get behind the T future just purely because, you can credit too many people in that offense, especially with Gray performing how he is right now. And that's why I think out of that entire team who's doing very well this year, Baptiste is the guy for me. And that's why I'm all in on that one. But Yeah, and I think I think even, it, it, you know, kind of makes sense. You know, it kind of bolsters the point because how do you not argue that it, it starts at, at the strike, you know, and, and he's the facilitator of the offense. And then, oh, yeah, you know, he's scoring his own goals in transition as well. So. I the the part that worries me is when everybody starts going to the counter and starts going on Trevor Baptiste because then you know the books are in a position where um you know I'm not saying that the books have anything to do with who gets called the MVP but you know when everybody's typically on a ticket um even in a small market like this like it's not really that ideal to be holding a ticket I feel like if you wanted to get it on Baptiste sure you could do it still plus five hundred isn't bad value but. Um, you know, I, I would prefer just to pass and try and, you know, attack a, a, f- a future a different way in a less subjective market. You know, if Trevor Baptiste is the MVP, it probably means that the Atlas win the title. So I would rather have more of a sure thing of, you know, give up the, the, the you know, 10 cents or the dollar value, so to speak, in, uh, in, you know, taking an Atlas future at the best number right now, as opposed to placing a future on a guy who might get injured, who, who may turn change. So maybe that's the way that I would attack it. And Hutton, you have anything else to add um, before we start getting into the slate for this week? No, I think it's a good point there. And well, the other thing too, with MVP futures, is we just mentioned with team futures, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for hedge opportunities in the playoffs. You don't do that with MVP futures. You're trying to pick who's going to get the award. You can't hedge out of those at all. And really, you know, in come three or four weeks, we're going to actually know probably four people that are going to be candidates for MVP and everyone else is going to be, you know, it's going to be a waste of time to even place futures. So um, that's why it's like, you you know, unless you're getting like a tremendous value on a player, it probably doesn't make sense to, Uh, I think I like Jeff Teat was even one that I was like, Oh man, right now, you know, through two weeks, he looks like the shoe and I got to get in now. And now, you know, two weeks later, it doesn't even look like that anymore. He doesn't even look like the MVP for his own team. So that's where I kind of think I overstepped there. And that's why I caution people with MVP futures. You know, you, you can't really hedge out of those. You just, you're trying to pick a winner. And there's so many that you can start to overposition yourself where all of a sudden you have seven MVP futures. And even if you get one of those right, uh, how much money are you really taking home after all is said and done? So, um, yeah, I agree 100% with what you guys are saying. And, uh, it's it's definitely tricky to to play, and uh, we'll see how you know things go coming weeks. All right. Well, since we all agree on that, let's start getting into some things that we probably will not agree about and break down the slate for this week. We got right at the top, solid matchup because the Redwoods need a win in the worst way. Archers are one and a half point favorites. Total is twenty four and a half. If you shop around, you can get twenty three and a half. Kicking off the weekend in Minneapolis. I'm passing on this one. If I were to make any play, uh, it would be a sprinkle on the money line for the Redwoods, just because if they lose this game, I don't think it'll be by one goal. I I think if the Redwoods get down in this game, it's going to snowball in a bad way, because I think 
players are starting to look sideways at Nat St. Laurent. They had a chance to win that game against the Whip Snakes. He calls that timeout. I don't know if you could tell the, I'll put it nicely, the consternation on the sideline by the players uh, around him calling that timeout rather than having a wide open player on the wing potentially able to score. So I think there's, there's some unrest in that locker room. And I think if there's one team that could probably shake them to their core it's the archers and what they're able to do and if they're just ripping on timmy troutner like so many teams have done so far i think this could snowball for the redwoods close quickly so you know it kind of flies in the face of me saying if i were to play this game it would be redwoods i just don't think there's as much value on playing the archers against the spread i think if they win they do cover that number but the redwoods just infinitely need this game more um yes i know it's only week five yes i know it's hard to say it's a must-win situation but i just think there's more going on than what you're seeing on the surface with the redwoods i think they're going in a bad way so if they don't win this game i think it's going to snowball for them quickly pb you're rocking the redwoods jersey and you're looking good doing it so how are you betting this game uh you know are you are you rolling with the wood or are you kind of seeing what I'm seeing with them? No, it's it's hard because I, I can't play this game because my model loves the archers and loves them a lot. And I, I agree with you 100%. I think if this game happens after the All-Star break, it is a must-win game. And I think I have to have the same sentiment this week. I mean, the teams that are coming out of this week that need wins, if they don't pull them out, I really don't know if there's much hope after the break. Um, but yeah, my, I mean, my favorite play is the archers money line. I'm not on it purely because I'm not laying that juice. Um, but I will take the archers minus one and a half because I agree with you 100% that if it gets away from the woods, then it is going to get way away from the woods. Like we've seen the archers do in the past, but I can't play it purely because I don't want to root against my team. So we'll not have money on it. Definitely like archers minus one and a half. I'll tell you what, though, if there's live lines available this week and the Redwoods go up early, uh, I will be looking to get a ticket down on the Archers because I I think, you know, maybe the Woods have like one final good punch in them. If they don't lead wire to wire, I think if there's, you know, a three goal run for the Archers, I think it's going to be rollover time for the Woods. That's it's just the vibe I get from this team. Vibes don't mean much, but that's just the way I'm seeing it. Hutton, how are you breaking down this game? Again, the total in this one, 24 and a half. You can shop and get a 23. Um, now, how are you betting it? So, yeah, I went back and I rewatched some of these games. And, uh, you know, I actually was pretty impressed with the Redwoods against the Whip Snakes, especially their defense. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Troutner letting in some some questionable goals, they could have maybe came away with a win. And the offense was looking a little bit better, too. And then you factor in that T.D. Erland, you know, if he returns to form, there's a little bit of a, a face-off advantage there potentially, too. And then I went back and w- watched the Atlas Archers game again. And despite the Archers losing so many face-offs, um, and really, like, you know, that second quarter, they barely even had the ball, this offense is just so efficient. And so, like you said, even if the Redwoods maybe put a couple home uh, early, you know, they get some early possessions, uh, I'm going to be hitting that Archers live line uh, for sure. So I like the Archers minus one and a half here. Um, I honestly think they're one of the best teams in the league. I think they're up there with the Atlas, Chrome, and Whipsnakes. The only thing holding them back is kind of the face-off stripe. But, you know, they haven't really had a, a great chance there because Inacio was out after week uh, after week one. He did decent at week, week one as well. Was out two weeks two and three. Came back and had to face Trevor Baptiste last week. Um, so, honestly, I think 
you know, even if he goes 40% against TD, I still think this is the Archers just based on their offensive efficiency. I like them in the sub game too. You know, it's funny, despite having their, uh, those issues at the stripe, they're still second in transition goals with 16. That's only two behind the Atlas who probably have way more transition goals from Trevor Baptiste, you know, the archers, it's more of their subbing. They're really good at subbing on the fly. Um, They really, they catch a lot of teams on the fly subbing wise, and that's how it leads to a lot of goals. And they're able to maximize their opportunities with the ball in their stick, despite losing, you know, the possession advantage most, uh, most weeks. So I really like the archers minus one and a half Um, working on a model to that kind of beta testing now, but it really likes the over in this game, uh, even at 24 and a half. I just think given the Archer's offensive efficiency, they're going to be able to put some goals. Even though I did see a lot to like from the Redwoods defense last week, I still not too high on the Whipsnakes offense. So I think the Archers could uh, expose them once again, especially if they put some up on uh, Troutner early. Um, and you can actually get 23 and a half on Caesars at only minus 115. So I like the over at 24 and a half. Uh, I'd play it though on Caesars at 23 and a half to give you yourself that bit of a cushion. But uh, even if you don't have access to Caesars, um, I like the over in this game and I'm taking Archer's minus one and a half. Over and the correlated cover there by the Archers minus one and a half. More goals means more opportunity for the favorite to cover. It's just a little correlated parlay action there. That's why they don't let you bet those at the same book atlas one and a half point favorites against chrome total 23 and a half in this one um guys i i think i'm gonna be betting under 23 and a half in this one and i know hutton your best bet comes in this game so we'll hold on to your thoughts uh, on the uh, on the total at least maybe get some thoughts on the side i just think whenever it's billed as Best offense versus best offense, just it rarely lives up to that. And I also think there's a lot of game script that plays into this being an under game. Oh, yeah. Add in the fact, too, that this is now the fifth straight week of travel, and they're going to be starting this game at 945 Eastern time. So, you know, this is a late game, five weeks of travel, all-star right on the horizon. I think that not possessions being at a premium in this game, but... I think possessions are going to be much more valued in this game where, you know, you don't want to really run down, have a transition that's going back the other way, just because of what these offenses have shown their ability to explode and make your mistakes really hurt you. So this could be best bet material for me. I'm on the fence. I haven't decided what my best bet for this week is going to be quite yet, but I do like this under 23 and a half. I, I wouldn't hate it if we started getting some money. So you get an even better price, but minus one Oh five, you can find it at even money back in this under 23 and a half. That's a play I'm going to have on my card. Parker, how are you betting this game? You thinking the same about the total? Or are you staying away from that and looking more towards the side? I'm definitely leaning the under um, my model actually likes, I like three unders this week. I like every under every week, but I actually do like <laughs> three unders this week. Everyone but the cannons. But uh, I have a top my, – my one of my top three picks for the week is Chrome plus one and a half. I just think their defense is too good to allow the Atlas to do what the Atlas does. And the, this Chrome team looks amazing, especially if they turn to the mat for another week. We love the mat on the field. Um, but, yeah, I Chrome plus one and a half over and out. The Matt buzzing Hutton. I know your best bet comes in this game. So we'll hold, you know, the full thoughts on this, but you know, is there any value on this side? Cause I think if you're going to bet this game, 
I would honestly, you know, like take the spread out of it and just try and either get value on Chrome winning outright, value on Atlas. Um, you know, maybe if they go down, you have a live betting opportunity. Like, I don't hate the look at plus one and a half, but with the juice that you kind of have to lay with it, it's going to keep me off of it. So I would rather just say either Chrome winning this outright, Atlas winning this outright. But this to me is a coin flip game in, in every essence of the term. Yeah, I agree. You look at both these teams, and although their offenses are, styles are different, um, I look at both these teams, and they're pretty much mirror images of each other. You know, they have strong defensive play. They press out. Um, they're good on their mat one-on-one matchups. They have really good short-stick defensive middies that can push in transition. You look at Ryan Tarafenko and Will Haas on the Chrome side. You look at Danny Logan and Peter Durth on the Atlas side. Um, you know, they have some generational talents, Brendan Nickturn, and Logan Wisnowskis are playing really, really well along with Dylan Malloy. Um, that's a complete attack unit. Alice Attack, Jeff Teat, Eric Law, Chris Gray, that's a complete attack unit. Um, then at the stripe, Trevor Baptiste is going against Connor Farrell. Two big boys going at it. Um, I think the edge is still Trevor Baptiste, which is why I'm a little scared to, you know, take the Chrome side. The Chrome have really done well the past four weeks because of Connor Farrell's presence at the stripe, and I think he'll do well against Baptiste, but Still Baptiste's face-off world, we're all living in it. So that's what's really tricky. I can't pick a side. Um, If you are playing from a numbers perspective, though, so far, plus one and a half has been, you know, cashing at 69.05% rate. Nice. Um, And uh, I believe the – I forget what it is on the money line, but I kind of tend to agree with you that I actually think you might as well just – play the money line either side you know atlas you're getting a little bit of value there because um this game is going to be so close and then chrome just take the plus money play you know if you like the chrome in this game um you know and knock on wood <laughs> hopefully you don't see a one goal gain lost by the chrome after i say that but bottom line is it's too tight for me to to play a side in this one um you know early i was thinking chrome but uh you know that would probably be the lean i would have just because they are the underdogs, and this is an underdogs league, but it's just too tight for me. You know, I could see either team winning this, and uh, that's why I'm looking more to the total, but we'll get there uh, when we get to our best bets. Yeah, that's, like, that's exactly how I ended up where I'm at because I do. this is going to be a close game, I think. And I, I didn't have the confidence in the Chrome to lay it on the money line, and I'd rather lay – I mean, one, minus 130 is my max limit when I'm laying juice. That's just me personally, but I'd rather lay the minus 130 then risk it all in the Chrome, even if it's not as great a value, because I feel more confident in the play. But I agree 100%. This is going to be a great game, and I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, nothing wrong with, you know, laying a little bit more to make a little bit less than, you know, missing your bet because of half a point, you know, so. The other way that I'm I'm almost thinking here is, you know, with, with part of my handicap being, you know, a potential, um, you know, fatigue, like when would that fatigue more likely set in? It's probably like later in the game. Like I could actually see this game. And I think if you do back the under in this game, it's going to be sweaty. Like it's going to fall around that 23 and a half. It's not going to come easy. Um, so I don't, I don't think I'm going to try and set up a middle, but a, a potential way to attack this game. If you feel like you have a good read for the game script and we could see some goals early, if there are live lines available, you know, you sprinkle a little bit on the, on the over 23 and a half. The only part that kind of takes me off of making this a potential middle opportunity is that over is juiced. So, you know, it kind of takes me off of that, but 
if this game starts off, you know, back-to-back possessions and by the end of the first quarter we have, you know, like a 3-3 game or, you know, both teams have scored multiple possessions, you're probably going to see an in-game total that is not accounting for, you know, the shorter quarters and, um, you know, the, the, the potential slowdown that we've seen in nearly every game. Um, so, you know, I, I think there could be some potential middle opportunity, but, you know, as I'm talking to that out loud, I think the juice probably keeps you off of that being, you know, a, a valuable proposition. You know what I mean? Hunting those like, does, does that kind of make sense? You know, potentially going on that over, if it were at plus money, setting up potentially a position where you have a 26 and a half or something that gets really jacked up in an in-game live. And then you're sitting with a nice middle between the, those two. Cause I think, you know, this is a good number. It's going to fall around there. If you have a live middling opportunity, um, it could be a way to, you know, hedge out of a bet or set up a, a, a position where you cash both of them. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if I would do it for this game um, in terms of setting up with like the over because, uh, yeah, I just I don't know if I would do it with these teams. But I will say this is strictly anecdotal. Like I haven't you know actually gone through and looked at the numbers, but I feel like a lot of these PLL games start out fast with a lot of goals. We saw Atlas Archers. There was nine goals in the first quarter. And then that under, you know, at 23 and a half or whatever was still hit because – we had like eight total, nine or 10 total goals uh, in the next three quarters. And I feel like that's been a very common trend with PLL games. So my thought is if you are going to live bet is, you know, if you think the total is a little tight, wait, see if there's a lot of early goals and then bet that live under, you know, because maybe that total that 20 that started at 23 and a half gets up to 26 and a half after a, a large goal run. And then you bet that under. Um, I feel like that's probably a good recipe for success in general in the PLL. Um, I don't know if you know I'll live bet this game, but that's kind of what I've noticed. Again, that's strictly anecdotal. I don't actually have the numbers to back that up. But you can look at a lot of these games that start out fast, and you're like, well, this is cruising towards an over, and then it misses by a point or two. Um, whereas, you know, if you played it to start, you're sweating that. But if you're playing the live under – you're probably, you know, sitting pretty good with a three or four goal cushion. So that's just something I think to be aware of. These games are really quick. It's a 48 minute game. And uh, these teams, they play fast to start off the gate. But then once they start getting into the game, the possessions start to get a little bit longer, despite the shorter shot clock, those 12 minute quarters get a little bit slower. And uh, that's kind of where I think, you know, other than the Chrome, our team that I feel like have put up a lot of goals late in the fourth quarter. uh, Most of these, Games fall barely under after starting off hot. Yeah, and, you know, it's just worth mentioning, too. Think about the fact that even in the four major sports, you know, baseball, NHL, um, NFL, and NBA, still the live betting algorithm is an exploitable way for sports bettors to make some money. So this is a market that still isn't even mature on the lines that are being posted at post, you know, and at close. So if an algorithm can't be squared away for NFL and NBA, and there's really money-making opportunities there, I think it's only going to be more so. Uh, All right, guys, two more games to get into here. I got enchiladas waiting for me in the smoker. So let's get into this chaos and cannons game. Chaos is one and a half point favorites total in this one, 23 and a half. I know the listeners are like, God damn it, Dan, you're like weeble wobble, but you won't fall down because I just keep leaning on all these games. I don't love anything. These past two weeks, I haven't loved anything on the board. And of course it's when I'm going on a nice hot run. So I'm playing smaller unit sizes and not really cashing in on, on, you know, the, the way that I've been seeing this board, 
I don't I don't think I'm going to have any bet in this game, to be honest with you guys. I think this is going to be a sheer pass game for me just because both teams really need this win. And I think it's it's fishy to me that we see in the chaos as one and a half point favorites. Like somebody had to be favored in this game, but they didn't have to put up, you know, a, a one and a half line either way. They could have just, you know, thrown up a money line, uh, you know, thrown up a, a half point like they do sometimes in baseball. You'll even see that they don't really post a full run line or in hockey that they don't post a pull a full puck line. Like it's rare. They're, they're very few and they're far in between, but it does happen. That's what I would have done on this one because you had to make somebody favorite, but the Chaos are 0-4, and, and they're favored. And it's also the only third time that the Chaos have ever been favorites over the last two seasons. They're 0-2 against the spread as one-and-a-half-point favorites. You look at the Cannons, they're 6-2 and two as one-and-a-half-point dogs. So, you know, they're short. They're small sample size. It's not a sure thing. But that, to me, tells me Cannons plus one-and-a-half would be the play. But I ain't betting it. With with Parker's money, like like Parker, how are you playing this game? Uh, Cannons chaos twenty three and a half the total. I, I'm not touching it with a ten foot pole. It's a sheer pass for me. Hey, I wish you would play with my money because I think Cannons plus one and a half is my second best bet of the week. Um, wow, my, mo- my model loves it. I uh, have I have it as my second best bet of my entire the all twelve picks in the whole slate. Cannons plus one and a half is my second best pick. The Chaos are terrible as a favorite. They always have been, and the Cannons are always the dogs, so I don't know if you can really look at that record, but they perform pretty well as an underdog, especially against the spread. So I'm actually leaning Cannons on the money line, and I'm 100% in on Cannons plus one and a half. Look at that. The cojones. Give me the cannons plus one and a half, says PB. The machine is buzzing. Uh, All episode long, we really haven't talked much player props just because they juice the shit out of these things. They make me don't want to play them because you got to like lay minus 200 to get a player to go over two and a half and then he scores two points. Like I've been burnt too many times on these player props to keep playing them. But I think Hutton has a pretty decent look here. If you're not trying to bet the side, you're not trying to bet the total. Um, how are you attacking this game, Hutton, as far as the side perspective? And I think you found value maybe elsewhere. Yeah, I, I can't pick a side in this. I you know, was hoping that we'd get the chaos as underdogs because I would have liked them as underdogs. I, I can't pick them as favorites. Um, I don't know because I think this is a decent matchup for the Cannons because um, I haven't been impressed with the chaos defense since week one. Like week one, they looked good against the Whips, and since then – been kind of suspect and blaze isn't playing out of his mind so they look worse because of that you know um they're not helping blaze at all though like blaze is getting shelled every game and unfortunately he's not on an inhuman level so far through four weeks um i think they will start to hang in games though because this offense once that gets going but in terms of a side total i can't play it either way it could be high scoring could be low scoring cans could win by a lot cast could win by a lot i'm not playing any of that um, I do like Mac O'Keefe over two and a half. It's juiced at minus 150. That's a little bit like that's probably the max I would do. I actually have it as part of a parlay with Will Manny's over three and a half um, for transparency's sake, but I like it individually as well. That's probably the only thing I would play in this game. I think uh, O'Keefe has some value there just because I, I think he's hit that mark two of four games, maybe three or four games. Uh, I can check that, but um so i think the over two and a half is pretty good he could hit a two bomb and i also like him paired with josh Byrne because those two have a great two-man game chemistry think they'll get into the groove a little bit more this week as compared to last week 
So uh, I like his over two and a half, even though the juice is a little bit too much to stomach. But um, player props are tough, you know, the, the especially the juiced ones. It's just hard to hard to put it down when you know players are going scoring six goals one week and and zero the next week. It's it's tough, especially with uh, having to play the points. But um, I do like Mac O'Keefe's over two and a half. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, juice adverse, like I typically try and keep 140 or lower, but for an advantageous position with a player that um, has really, you know, for, for the struggles that chaos has had, that there's one player that you could say has been consistent, it's been Mac O'Keefe. So, you know, you got to lay, you know, a dollar and 50 cents there to get a dollar back is not terrible um could be a decent parlay piece again parlays are negative ev so i never really suggest them but you know if you're trying to be juice adverse you get away from it by uh, by doing a little bit something like that minus 150 for a decent look like that i don't think that's terrible that's one that i could probably stomach uh last thing for you hutton and then we'll grab this uh whip snakes water dogs team just to add to that maybe it's square but he has hit three points in uh three of the four games so you know although you're laying a little bit of juice there it, you would have cashed three out of four times if you played it each week. Uh, so, you know, for what it's worth, has been able to hit that mark. And I look at, I like to look at production too, like shots. He's been taking uh, an average of like four or five shots per game, which, is, you know, sets it up pretty nicely, especially if he can hit two pointers. So um, don't think it's a bad play there, even though, again, player props, very, very tough to play in this league. Yeah, and honestly, square plays cash just as much as sharp plays do. So I, I think that's one of like the biggest like overrated things that you hear like in in betting Twitter and in, in the gambling space is like, oh, that's such a square play. Like, I don't care if it's square. My guy uh, Dave Sherpin, he's the host of Cash Considerations. He also hosts a podcast, uh, Bostonian versus the Book. Check him out. You can follow him at Sports BK Can Sig. Like he's kind of made a joke about that. He goes. Oh, is it a square play, a parallelogram play? Like he calls them rhombus plays because it's it's if does the cash does the ticket cash? Like that's all I give a shit about. Like I don't care if it's a square play, I don't care if it's a circle play. All I want to know is did you get to the counter with it? And uh, you know the 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 look that you're using there, um, the shots, you know the potential positive regression. Um, I think uh, is a good one there, and you probably talked me into doing another player prop, which has been the kiss of death for anybody on player props so uh we'll see how that one turns out whip snakes one and a half point favorites they take on the water dogs last game here before we get you our best bets and get you out of here total 24 and a half you shop around you can find a 23 and a half if you like the over in this game my best bet comes in this game it's on the total so i'll give that in a little bit but i just everybody is going to be on the water dogs this week. And, you know, I'm going to give the mic to you guys to tell me why I'm wrong on this, but I just think, you know, yes, they had the scoring explosion last week and all that good stuff. And now they're back and everything, but like the woods were back last week too. And then they end up losing the game against the whip snakes. Like until you do it against the class of the league, it's hard to tell me that you're going to do it. I think you could talk yourself into you know, some fatigue for the whip snakes. Again, this is a late night game. They just played a tight game as opposed to the water dogs who were just kind of playing an all-star game out there almost with the amount that they were being able to score. So I lean whips just because everybody else likes the dogs. Um, but I just, the, the price on that is utter dog shit. So I, I'm passing on the side. I do have a play on the total. How are you betting this one, PB? No, this game is disgusting. Um, and I don't know if you can factor in fatigue for the Whip Snakes playing a close game because when have they not played a close game? 
They are literally within one point. They can only win by one point. They don't win by five points. They don't win by ten points. They only win by one point. Um, I'm right there with you, though. I'm leaning whip snakes. Uh, the model, my model's leaning whip snakes, but purely on the fact that I don't like any of the lines in this game, I'm gonna pass as well. But if the if the value was there, I'd be on the whip snakes money line. If I had to gun to my head, had to make a play this week, it'd be dogs plus one and a half. But this whole game, my model has it tight, and I just don't like anything going on with either of these teams, to be honest with you. Just because it's on the board doesn't mean you have to have action. Some of the best bets you'll make are the bets you don't make, and uh, it usually means that they're going to cash, and you're going to be like, God damn it, why didn't I do that? But, hey, it's better to do that. You know, Lament a play that you missed out on than be down units because you're forced to play. Hutton, how are you betting this game? Like, do you believe, like, hey, what we saw with the Water Dogs last week was real, or is that just, you know, the chaos kind of, oh, well, everybody's back. We're going to win this game. Like, do you think that carries over against a much tougher opponent that they'll be playing in a much tougher defense, too? The Whips defense has really been the anchor of their team this year. Do you see this success that the Water Dogs had last week carrying over to this week? I do not probably as the extent that, you know, it was against the chaos who I haven't been too high on recently, but um, I really like the water dogs in this game. Um, I got in really early on them on the money line, as well as the plus one and a half. So I have a little bit of like a uh, one unit on the plus one and a half, and then a half a unit on the money line for them in this game, playing that because I think they can win this game outright. And it's not really just based on the fact that they played the whip snakes tight earlier this season. Um, You know, they, pretty much were winning that game until they had a bunch of injuries. Now it seems like Mikey Slosser will be out again, which is tough. They still don't have Jake Withers, but Tucci's looked great the last couple weeks. You know, he came into his own in his first game, like later in the, the game, even though, you know, it was against the Chrome and Connor Farrell kind of, you know, was able to get them back in that game, but he looked decent in his first start. And then he looked, you know, good last week as well. So I think he's going to be able to um, neutralize Nordella a little bit. I still think the advantage will lie with the Whip Snakes, but the Whip Snakes offense hasn't impressed me. Didn't impress me last week. They they, they just been very uh, lackluster. Um, and even with Zed being back, I think that definitely helps this offense. But there's something about it. It's just not. They just they're sloppy. Um, you know they're they're winning games actually because they're making the hustle plays like running out shots and stuff like that. But in terms of like actually looking like a legit offensive unit, it's, you know, the Atlas game that they won was more because of the defense and the fact that they scored off three, two, three point or three, two pointers. So, uh, you know, Vernlor hasn't been at the level that he's been at. They not, they're not four and Um So I do think their, their defense is solid. Um, I think Burnlor bailed them out a lot of times last week. I think they watching that game. The Redwoods could have easily won that game. Um, and, you know, maybe this is a different story heading into the, this week. They'd probably still be favored, but um, I'm all on the dogs this week. I know a lot of people are all on the dogs, um, but I really do think this is a good matchup for them. Um, I think just so far they, they've, they look like the best one in three team right now. Um, uh, of, of the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel, they look miles ahead of the water dogs. Um, I think they look ahead of the cans, even though they lost them week one. I just think, I, I think this team is decent. Um, and actually he's going to give some teams some trouble. So I like him to get the win here against the whip snakes. Um, so I'm playing them on the money line, but plus one and a half is a nice safe bet too. 
Worth mentioning, too, this is going to be the first rematch of the year that we've seen. You know, the, the, the game the first time around, and this was when, you know, we'll put in air quotes, all the issues were surrounding the water dogs, you know, all the injury problems that they're still struggling with. And it was an overtime game. So, like PB was kind of saying, um, you know, hey, maybe maybe just take the one and a half because you're usually seeing, uh, you know, uh, close games whenever the whips are on the field. But it'll be an interesting study to kind of see, you know, the the old – a, the age-old adage, well, it's tough to beat a team two times in a year. It's tough to beat a team three times in a year. We'll see if that's true as the Whips and the Water Dogs are facing off. So that's the thoughts on the slate. It's time for best bets here on the Bet on the Cross podcast. I'm going to let you guys go first because I am a gentleman after all. PB, Mike is yours. Best bet time for my man Parker Blake. I am uh, 100% in on this Archers team. I love them. I love the Archers. I loved them last year. They just have too much potential to put up too many shots, too many goals. And the Redwoods have been hit or miss at best this year. Again, I can't play it, but my play earlier was minus one and a half, and I'm all in on the Archers' money line. I got two units on it this week. Let's ride. PB saying, give me the Archers double fisting. And he's wearing a Redwoods jersey. So that's how you know the man's betting with the head, not the heart there. The beard is strong, and we're hoping the best bet is even stronger. Hutton Jackson, you can listen to him on Pro Lacrosse Talk each and every week. Terrific podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to that. You can also check out his content. He drops with Action Network, a producer over there doing a terrific job. Hutton, it's best bet time and I think for once we may not be disagreeing this week. What do you got? Yeah, you said this could be your contrarian play, and I was like, I don't think it is because I'm on it with you, but I like the under 23.5 in Chrome versus Atlas. Um, you know, I, I think you can kind of look at these teams and you think, oh, this could be high scoring because of these offenses. They're pretty good transition teams as well, but their defenses are good in transition. And, you know, Baptiste and Farrell have led to a lot of transition opportunities. They're not going to get those in this game when they're facing each other. So I love the under 23 and a half. I think these defenses are, you know, some of the best in the league. Um, those best in transition as well. I, I think what the archers were able to do on defense against the Atlas, I think the Chrome can kind of replicate that. Um, I already mentioned it earlier. They both have strong short stick defensive mid units. So um, I'd be shocked if this game goes over. It's also a two unit play for me as well. And that's why it's my best bet. Um, this week is the under 23 and a half prone versus Alex and, and don't get nervous too. If they put up a few goals, you know, let's, let's see if we say, see six or seven goals in the first quarter. Um, I still think this ends up going under, uh, just, that's kind of what we've seen in the PLL. You know, even if teams get out early, these defenses are good. Scannoni's great in cage. Jack and Cannon's been great in cage. And a lot of the Chrome's goals have come around the crease where Jack and Cannon thrives. And likewise with Scannoni, um, you know, the, the Atlas, Offense hasn't really impressed me through two weeks. Even in their win last week, it, it wasn't that impressive. And I think uh, Chrome have the polls to kind of cause some more problems this week. So under, tw- under 23 and a half is my play. And I, you can make it kind of a co-best bet. I have another one that I'll throw out just uh, for some added action for you listeners riding with us here on the Bet on the Cross podcast. But I'm with them. And honestly, if there are live lines available in this one and it does start off high scoring, I'll double down on this. I, I really like the under in this game, certainly, uh, or you know, basically because both of these teams, their average score, 13 goals per game on the season, a small sample size. But I think both of those, you know, they're high, but they're also inflated by, 
you know, 17 in one week for the Chrome and the, the early goals that were happening for Atlas 17 and 16 in weeks one and two. And they've kind of started to slow down as defenses have adjusted and gotten tape on what they're doing. So, you know, I also think you're looking at the lowest total uh, for the for the Atlas this season. So I think people are probably going to run to that. And that's why it was kind of in that contrarian realm for me is because people are going to see, oh, only 23 and a half in a game with the, 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 that this Atlas team is in and the Chrome, what they've done offensively. Oh, this is going to go over. It's a nice price back in this under. And if you didn't hear earlier, another reason why I like it is just because the, the travel factor, like I get it that everybody is doing it, but especially when you're having a game that's going to be going past you know 11 p.m potentially and these are players who have continued to grind who have continued you know think about the chrome the chrome and the energy that they've had to expend in a bunch of these comeback wins i'm on that under with you hutton and the other one that i'm liking for season for reasons similar is the under in the whips and water dogs i think this is a great price at 24 and a half you can shop around and get the 23 and a half if you like the over i don't i like the under Simply because, as I said, you know, fatigue factors starting to, to starting to rattle in. And also, it's never gone over this number when these two teams played. And I think there's also a bit of a higher inflated. I would have made this around 23 and a half. But because of what happened with the Water Dogs last week and the goals that they scored, you're seeing a higher total. Little recency bias built into this line. Give me the under in the Water Dogs and Whips games. And I'm back in the under along with Hutton. It might not be a contrarian play in the true sense, as not everybody is against it. But I think, Hutton, we're going to be on the opposite side of a lot of people on this game. I think a lot of people are going to back the over or they're going to be betting the side. I think the best way to do it is go under that 23 and a half. So to recap under 23 and a half Chrome Atlas Hutton and I on that both I'm going under in the whips and water dogs and Parker is all in on the archers. Take the value minus one and a half, take the money line. If you'd like to be a little bit more safe on that one, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, We'll grab one uh, listener here. Uh, we got our guy Brandon checking in. Always love hearing from him. And then we're going to be shutting it down here uh, for your 4th of July weekend. Brandon, what do you think? You agree? You disagree? How are you betting the slate? You have any best bets to drop on the way out here? I do, guys. And I'm sorry for keeping you from your, your enchiladas. I got pulled pork on the I'm excited right for the enchiladas. You can hear the excitement in my voice. And they smell incredible. <laughs> I got pulled pork waiting for me. So I'm right there with you. Um, my, my three bets that I have this weekend, we're going to start with Atlas Chrome Chrome surprising win week one, week two statement win against the Redwoods week three. They had to come from behind against the water dogs. So we were up, we're going down. They had to come from behind last week. Crazy come from behind win. We're still on the downslide for the Chrome. I think this week. They take their 4-0 record. They're probably feeling unbeatable. They show up to a team that they have uh, – Chrome has their young guns. Atlas has their young guns, but they've been here for a year. They've taken some hits. They've taken one on the chin from the Whip Snakes. I think that uh, it's time that Chrome – they're going to – they're probably feeling high and mighty from their comebacks. They're going to keep sliding down. I think they take their first loss from the Atlas this weekend. Uh, next I have the chaos and chaos cannons right now. Cannons just haven't showed me anything, um, that they're a contender. Uh, the chaos, I think that they, 
are going to take a week. It needs to take a couple practices to get these guys back into game shape. They're reintegrating their NLL guys, and I thought their offense looked compact, like it belonged in a box. It made the Water Dogs defense look really fast. But I think you get a couple practices, uh, you get them reintegrated, and they need a win. I think that I just know they can play championship level. We've seen it last year, and I haven't seen it from the Cannons. So I'm thinking Chaos get their first win. And then last, Whip Snakes, Water Dogs, revenge game. I'm thinking the Water Dogs get their revenge. They were up 6-1 in the first quarter. They were playing fast. They were getting shots early and often in the shot clock. They were making the Whips defense sweat more than they had for the rest of the season. Then you lose Withers. You lose Sabia. We're losing legs. We're losing faceoff people. That allowed the Whips to gain control, slow it down, and do their thing hitting singles. Now, I don't think Tucci is Withers, but I think if we, if we, have, uh, if we don't have to be spending Courier on the face-offs, we got another weapon we can have, and we saw the John back and forth. You guys talked about it with Sowers. He was chirping. He was pointing. He was, he was doing his thing. There's definitely a little bad blood here of a team they just lost to, and the whips have been coming out slow in, in their game. So I just don't think you can come out slow against a team that you just beat that's still mad. That was only like a couple weeks ago. Um, I think the dogs are going to come out here. I think they're going to want it more. Uh, and I think they've also showed us some some nice stuff in their win last week that they can carry over to the Whips game. So uh, that's what I'm rocking with right now. We're going to go Atlas, Moneyline, Chaos, Moneyline. And we're going to go Dogs. Uh, I'm going to do half and half. I'm going to put half on the uh, – I'm going to put half on the plus 1.5, plus 105 on Caesars. I'm going to go half a unit on the money line. So even if the Water Dogs lose by one, I'm still coming out uh, with a, a tiny bit of profit. I think they're going to at least keep it close, if not win outright. So those are my thoughts, and uh, thanks for having me on. Boom. Always a pleasure, my guy. Enjoy that pulled pork indeed. And, uh, you know, best of luck with your plays. A little bit at odds with the caucus here. Nothing wrong with that. Opinions always welcome here. A lot of people liking these water dogs this week. I think I got an early runner for contrarian play of the week. Might need some antacid ready for that one. Huge thanks to everybody tuning in here. Um, and huge thanks to everybody who's hopping in here, um, you know, as, uh, as a part of the space. Always love hearing your thoughts. You're always welcome to hit that request speaker button and get your thoughts in here throughout the duration of the show. We're always sprinkling guys in. That's why we do it live, because we love hearing everybody thoughts the hive mind doesn't always get it home but when we all learn from each other we become better betters because of it well that's our thoughts and some of the listeners as well on this week's pll slate um i i got i i requested him i tried to get him in here we do have mikey overs as a speaker beating the buzzer so man you you missed a lot of the show here mikey but there was a lot of talk of unders so i'm sure um you're glad you're hopping in here on the back end because are you just blindly playing every single over this week like how are you attacking the slate no i mean i saw i saw your tweet this morning and uh you know the word (laughs) under was mentioned and I just have to say, I mean, I've got, I've got two plays, and it's, it's going to be the archers because you knew it was going to be the archers. I mean, if I didn't take the archers, I don't know what we'd be doing here. And it's the over in the Chrome Atlas game. That over could be at fifty, 
and I'm taking that over in that game. <laughs> the, the amount of undertalk that has been thrown at me in my DMs about the PLL games this weekend, I don't know what fire you've started, but now my DMs are exclusively PLL unders, and that, that needs to come to a swift end. So, so you're just trying – you're really trying to head it off beforehand. Well, when you got Mikey Overs in the name, like the natural chirp is just be like, hey, man, saw another under going, but – when I looked at this card and saw how many unders I liked, like your first, the first thought was, God damn it, Michael's going to be ashamed of me. And the fact that I love almost like every under on this card, like, I mean, dude, that, that 23 and a half, like, you, do you ever see a total and be like, oh, it's probably low for a reason? Or you see the low total and you're like, fuck it, let's ride. That means the over is even more likely to cash. Like, like what put us inside the mind of a Mikey overs when he sees the PLL board get dropped in the week. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had the pleasure of watching not only the Chrome, but also the Atlas live in person. And when I saw that over 23 and a half, the exact thought that went through the brain was, yeah, this'll do, this'll do. And I'll hammer this because I know these teams can score. I know they can. And 23 and a half, you know, I feel as though that's a fair number, though. You know, I don't feel like that feels too low. I don't feel like that feels too high, to be honest. I mean, these are two teams that have some firepower up front. You're not wrong there. Hutton, do you have anything to add? I know that, um, you know, Mikey Overs, we need a cage match between him and, like, our guy Parker Blake or even throw Brian, you know, a tag team Undertaker match. Him versus Mikey Overs, and then whoever wins it, uh, they, they get to, uh, you know, I guess legally change their last name to hide their under or over. Like, you'll have to become Mikey under if our guys can take you down. Like, you have anything to throw uh, Mikey's way, or what do you think about his thoughts on some of these games? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree on the uh, Chrome Atlas because I do like the under in that one. But, Mikey, can I interest you in an over 23 and a half in Archer's Redwoods, my Ooh. man? You can interest me in about any over that tickles your fancy. I love the over in that game. I think even if the Redwoods, you know, struggle offensively, I don't think they will. I think they'll be able to put some in the back of the net. But I think it's going to be maybe another Archers-Cannons game where the Archers do the majority of the work for this over, and I think it still gets home. Um, I like it at over 24 and a half and you can get it over 23 and a half on Caesar. So my man, if you like the archers, I, I'm, I'm with you on the over for that game. No, I mean, I, I love that over too. I looked at that over as well, but you know, I told Dan when I was on the show, something that I do is I do two, two teamers for each day. And gotcha. so I, I had to just go with the archers money line. Cause I was going to pair it with the over in that Chrome Atlas game. But I mean, I take every over every weekend just personally straight so because I mean, when i watch these games i i need to watch for goals i just i can't i can't not that's a po- positive viewing experience for sure <laughs> yeah i mean i need it except when your soul gets sold down the river and you're sitting there crying but you know other than that it's a solid lot a lot of potential for ass losing this weekend if you're all over the overs is all i'm saying mikey that's all yeah, I'm no saying. asses are for sale every weekend <laughs> Well, dude, I appreciate you hopping in here. This is a great way to end the episode. And while it might not be actionable info, it is worth going back and watching the edition of Over and Back. It's on PLL's YouTube page. You can see Mikey and I on there because, dude, I still randomly think about some shit we talked about on that episode and just start busting out laughing. So we will have to have you back. You're always welcome here on the Cross Space. And as always, a pleasure, my man. Thank you for hopping in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Tell Paul Rabel I want my one-on-one. The one-on-one, and we will be making lines for it. Like, it it is going (laughs) to happen. So we'll see you at a game this year, hopefully, Mikey. Appreciate you, bro. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys.
All right, guys, that does it. What a way to end it. We are an over show. You know what I mean? Not betting overs, but going over our allotted time. It's what we do. My enchiladas might be burnt to a crisp. They're still going to be fucking delicious, even if they look like a, like one of Tank's ribs that he made, that barstool guy. I don't know if you saw that video. Disgusting. Like, you got Jordy, the barbecue master, and then they got Tank dropping shit like that. A disgrace to barbecue everywhere so guys that's gonna do it for us i'm dan alexander huge thanks to parker blake huge thanks to mikey overs hopping here in the end huge thanks to hutton jackson doing a great job producing the show as well we'll talk to you next week on bet on the cross to maybe talk some all-star betting yes we talk all-star betting we are that degenerate here on bet on the cross so we'll talk to you then have a happy and healthy fourth of july weekend may all of your tickets cash even if they're unders. Sorry, Mikey. That's going to do it for us. Hit us with a follow at Bet on Lacrosse, at Pro Lacrosse Bets, and we'll talk to you next week with some more money in our pockets.